mercy endures forever. We are grateful this morning because you are a faithful God and we can always depend on your faithfulness. There isn't another God like you. We are um, reminded that your face is the most important thing that we would seek, not just your hand. It is you that we want, not just your presence. Lord, stretch our capacity for you that we may be filled with what we need to hit the target every day of our lives. And we will live our lives doing our best to please you because you are a good, good father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of all our praise, all our honor. We don't have a hallelujah for nobody else. All of our hallelujahs belong to you. Grateful for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please have a seat. Um, I'm always honored to be able to declare uh, to teach, uh, to um, give explanation or exploration to the Word of God. Uh, today, I am going to be uh, eternal without being everlasting. Um, I don't have many things to tell you, uh, but I believe um, I'm being obedient with what I do have to tell you. Um, isn't it, don't you love the Lord for dealing with this whole family thing? I'm going to just put my pops on blast uh, just a little bit and say, Dad, you have to uh, finish what you started. Uh, I heard you say it uh, yesterday uh, about the fire on the family altar. Uh, you got to finish, you got to finish that, sir. Um, we started it in, in class this morning. Uh, the Lord did that. But we're also in first fruit season. And I'm reminded um, that usually during the first fruit season, most, most every first fruit season, I was believing God for family. I was believing the Lord for things that I could not make happen on my own. Things that I knew in my knower that God had designed for me to live in, to be a part of, to give birth to, to uh, experience, to explore, to discover. I knew that the life that I was living uh, was just the beginning of what God had created for my life to be. And um, I know that um, every year that we, that I gave first fruits, um, I, I would always believe for the impossible. Um, what I love about the impossible is, is God is comfortable with the impossible. Um, and I don't know of another God that, that is. Um, we don't have to, like we don't have to grieve like others do. We don't have to hope like others do. 
Uh, a lot of people have hope in a lot of things, uh, but the one in whom we have hope is the one who can actually make, create things into being. And in this first fruit season, I know you may be tempted to approach it like it's just something that we do. But I want to admonish you not to do that. I want to admonish you to approach this season of first fruits like something big is about to happen. Like something you've never seen is about to happen. This is why we need the cleansing in the house of the Lord. This is why we need God to come and deal, put his finger on the things that are between he and us. I love God for that. I know before the way sin and hell and all that stuff was preached before, uh, it kind of felt like condemnation or guilt or shame was, um, was their aim. Uh, but God's purpose in exposing sin in your life is to cleanse you so that you are prepared to do what he's created you to do. Because I promise you what God has for you, the destiny, the purpose, the things that you must accomplish, the things that he has on the horizon of your life, the things that you've been thinking about and dreaming about and imagining and hoping for and wishing for and praying for and fasting for, those things can only be done within the confines of his will and his way. And so if you try to make those things happen in and of your own self, all I have to say to you is good luck. Because even that won't help you. And so don't be ashamed in the house of the Lord when the Lord starts putting his finger on things and exposing things and saying, you know what, I want you to deal with that, that relationship and that issue of sin and that part of your, your body, that part of your attitude that's nasty. When, you, when he's dealing with something. Sometimes we're waiting on God to change something. And he's waiting on you to obey him. The reality is there are miraculous things ahead of us, Metro. There are so th some things that are so deep-seated inside of our families that God wants to scrape the bottom of the barrel and clean it so that when the world sees your crazy tail family, that they, are, that they know that there is a God. When they see how you used to be versus how you are and how you will be, that is how, we, that's how the world will know who God is and what he's capable of. When he moves you into the things that he wants to have for you, both in your soul and in your family and in your finances and in your career, then the world will know who he is and what he's capable of. This first fruit season is not just about you scraping up a, a penny ante gift because you're expected to. 
because you're guilty because it's something that we do in this house. But this first fruit season really is about you having, you getting in the presence of God, you talking to the Lord and getting a picture of who he sees you, you to be. Who he says you are. What sort of marriage you are supposed to have. How your children behave. And what happens on the job when you walk in the door. This first fruit season is not just about the seed that must be sown, but what is the result of the seed. Makes me think of God's family. His grand, his, well, Jesus didn't have no, well, I guess he did have great, great, great grandparents, right? When you think about the people of Israel and, the, and what God would do to spend Think about those plagues, right? Well, when the children of Israel in the in Egypt, and 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 God does the types of things that He did to rescue the people of Israel out of Egypt. Have you ever thought of what God was willing to do to rescue them? It wasn't about them getting out of Egypt. I think sometimes when we're in the slavery of our minds and the slavery of the things that we're bogged down by, we think that it's about us getting released from those things. It's not about us getting released, just delivered, just re uh, 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 forgiven, just changed. That's not what God is after. He's after what will happen as a result of those things. Who will you be because God delivered you? That's why they had to walk 40 years and not just 11 days. Because God had to walk the literal slavery out of them. My God. We come to the point where Moses, oh, my heart breaks when I think about Moses. And I think about what God showed him time and time again. From the backside of the mountain for 40 years, to the miracles that he performed, to him getting frustrated with the people, and forfeiting what God promised him. My God, I'm sorry, God's not playing with you. He's requiring very specific things of us. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Moses forfeits, man, forfeits, you ever thought about that? He forfeited the promise. I wonder what God is requiring of you. Appreciate you, Mom, for reminding us of those small decisions that we do. They seem so little, but they really break God's heart. Because you see, if we think about how Jesus saw things, being responsible for little is the same as being responsible for much. So don't despise the seed, the small thing, because God sees the trees in the seed. 
So if you kill the seed, you don't get the trees that bear the fruit with most seeds. In the, you understand what I'm trying to tell you? So it's those small things that God is asking of us that we clean them up. Because great, greatness is on the horizon. But it's possible, have mercy on us, for us to forfeit the promise. Joshua takes up where Moses leaves off. And I'm sure all kinds of I imagine that all kinds of insecurities may have crept up in his mind. We don't really see them, except to see in Joshua 1, where God was continually telling that joker, look, don't be scared. Take good courage, my brother. You, you ever look at that? It's like three or four times in the first verse. In the first chapter of Joshua, he's like, look here, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Scared? Don't be. It's, 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 like, it's like God knew that whatever was inside of Joshua that must have had to be continued, he, he knew what Joshua was getting ready to face. He was getting ready to face an enemy who knows who he was. There's an enemy that knows who you are. And so that enemy doesn't play fair. I promise you I'm talking about first. If you listen, you'll hear it. Uh, that enemy knows who you are. And he knows what you're supposed, he knows what you're capable of. And he knows that if he can just keep that little bitty thing in your life, that small thing, that one, that one thing, that one attitude, that one action, that one addiction. He knows that he can slow you down and maybe even stop you. So God kept telling Joshua, don't be scared, man. He said, be of good courage. Be of good courage. He even confirms the leadership that he gave to Joshua and, and split another, split another water. Say, don't worry about it, Josh. We, I might, you might not have a sea in front of you, but you got this strong river that none of y'all can cross without me, and you got to go that way. That way. Can't go around it, can't go over it. You got to go through it. Some of y'all trying to been trying to go around it, trying to go under it, doing your best to get over it, and God wants you to go through it. They get on the other side. What water, what water was it? Was it Jordan? No, huh? They get on the other side of Jordan. They approach. They approach uh, the walls of Jericho. And here is where we find ourselves. You ready? Got, you got me, Kenny? Here is where we find ourselves when we are approaching what we, what Joshua may have felt like, mm, don't even want to say that yet. Let's see what Joshua does. Let's see, let's see what happened. Because you know I got to show you something. Check it out. Stand by, Houston. 
Y'all clap for my team back there. They work every week to make sure things are dope for us. Oh, you could do better than that. You good? One second. All right. I'm patient. I don't mind awkward silences. I don't. I really don't. You do. You don't like them? I don't bother. They don't bother me. <laughs> Sometimes God can do more in silence than he can with somebody talking. Get ready. Looking at me. Can't hear. Oh, maybe. Oh. Stand by, Houston. Almost ready. They give me the hold up in a minute. While I'm while I'm here, you good? Give me a second. While I'm here, those of you who are on Facebook this morning, I got your text messages and we feel your faith. And may the Spirit of God um, do in you what you believe. Allison, Anthony, uh, the Lord is with you. Uh, you ready? Let's go. Lord, I was with Moses when he handed down these commandments. I was witness to the covenant, the promise of a holy nation. Help me to forge that nation, to lead your people, to inherit their land. Joshua! The Lord brought us out from Egypt. He promised us this land. Soon, it will be ours. Come. Are you ready? We'll search the whole city. Just find me a way in. We must take Jericho. It's all that stands between us and the promised land. the winds and parts the seas he saved us from slavery we are his chosen this whole city is terrified of you how can we fight a people whose god can do that open up open up back inside open the door can we get out that way help us and we will help you go I'll store them if I can. Open the door! Come with us. I can't. 
My family. When our army comes, hang this on your door so they will know not to harm you. You'll be passed over. Tell me, did you find a way in? Is there a weakness? Not in the walls. But in their hearts. Joshua, we met a woman. She thinks God has taken the city already. The people melt in fear because they know he is with us. God is with us. But we've still to find a way in. Moses. My old friend. What would you do? Lord, when I was a slave, you showed me your love and your power. You have given me new life. Would you have us turn back? for Moses. city once a day with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Carry the ark with you. It contains God's commandments. He is with you. Then, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Priests should make a long blast with the ram's horn. As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, Spared. 
don't send, she must be spared for her. She gave us. Parts of my of my favorite on that. First of all, when Angel said, "For Moses, he split water, but for you, he's gonna split rock." That was that was fire to me. And then the last part that was funny to me when uh, when uh, everybody was saying Israel, Rahab's like, "That's right, Israel, Israel, Israel." <laughs> I got what I would have been like. That was my favorite part. <laughs> If um, if Jericho was a tithe, then Jer then Joshua would have only won ten cities. But according to Joshua twelve twenty four, there's a big list. I think from eighteen to like twenty four in in, ch in chapter twelve. But verse 24 says, the king of Golem and is among the list. And it said, the king of Tirzah. And the last part of that said, in all, 31 kings that Joshua beat down during that time. So Jericho must have been a first fruit. Now, whenever we come to first fruits, you know, as a leader, um, can I just be honest and say I get nervous because we are uh, not nervous in the sense that I ain't going to do nothing, right? But in, nervous in the form that we're like, come on, Jesus, back these people up when they do their thing because God is the one who has to do this, right? Uh, but I also feel the burden of making sure that you know how you're doing what you're doing. So first fruit season is the beginning of the year is where we take the best, a, a very good seed, and uh, to compare it to the tithe, the tithe you can't even give unless you get increase. And the tithe, the word means tenth, so you take a tenth of it and you render it to the Lord. Don't forget your offering, that's another deal. The first fruit is when you take the best of what you got and you, and you sow this seed as it's a seed that, you, that you add, you're asking God to render what he will give for the rest of the year. It's like putting a prophecy in the ground and expecting God to water it. But what's dope about this seed is God is the one who pretty much has to give you this seed. 
How many of you uh, are sowing a seed this first fruit season? And you're like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to get this to you, Lord. But I ain't got it, Pimpin. Anybody else like that? Well, Frederick and I, you know, we've, we've been talking about this for a little while, actually, because it comes around the same time every year, and we like to prepare. And so uh, we, we talked about it, uh, and we talked about it. Um, I don't know about in his heart, but in my heart, there was just some uneasiness about what we had talked about, right? And then we come to a point where it's time to make a commitment, and I submitted. I submitted. Did you hear me that, say that? I submitted my idea, this what, what the Lord had in my heart uh, about this, what the, and I submitted it to my husband, and he, and he decided that this is what we would do. So we increased what we had thought about, uh, lest we disagree and have to add it together, that part. Right. No, thank you. Just submit. All right. Just agree. If you'd allow me to take a 30 seconds, maybe less, of me honoring the Lord uh, because he gave me a good man. Frederick, you are so good. Man. I'm so glad. That the Lord made me smart. The smartest choice I ever could have made was to uh, decide to be yours. I'm grateful. Yours, I love you too, sir. It's first fruit season. And we're believing God for great things. In Joshua chapter 6, there are five verses that I believe the Lord gave me to help you, especially those of you who need a little help. Anybody need a little help? Regarding this first fruit situation? I'm one of those people, like, I need, like, practical things to do. I need to know A, B, and C, or one, two, and three. You know, what, what, and what, and then what, Jesus? That's, that's the way my brain works. And so the Lord gave me something I think will help all of us. I can do it really quickly because we got to take uh, communion. Is that all right? So I'm going to read these five verses and tell you what I got, and then you can take it, and then we can take communion. Is that all right? All right. Joshua 6, verse 1, and then I'm going to skip down to 18 and 19. Verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and out. <laughs> Them jokers were scared because of the presence. Why were they scared? Because of the presence of the Israelites. No one was coming in or going out. And Yahweh said to Joshua, look, I am giving Jericho into your hand, its king and its soldiers and of the army. Verse 3, you will march around the city, all the warriors circling the city once, once will do for six days. Once you will do this for six days. Verse 4, and seven priests will bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark on the seventh day you will march around the city seven times and the priests will blow on the trumpets check this out verse 5 and when they blow long on the horn of the ram when you hear the sound of the trumpet all the people will shout with a great war cry and the wall of the city will fall flat now, get me, if the falls fall this way, the city is destroyed. Who wants that? 
It says the wall fell flat. Interesting idea. Uh, and when they uh, and when they blow the horn long and the ram and when they hear the sound of the trumpets, all the people will shout with a great war cry, and the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people will charge each one straight ahead. Say straight ahead. Um, I found out how to get your first fruits. Anybody want to know that? Because I don't know how to help you. So I had to ask Jesus to help me, you understand? Verse 1, here's what I see. Chapter 1, it says, And Jericho was shut up inside and out because of the presence of the Israelites. No one was coming in or going out. Here's what I see. There is warfare around first fruits. There is warfare around first fruits. Don't you think this is just going to be some, some simple, I'm just going to give it. Listen, if you get something you could just take out of your pocket and throw at the Lord, I promise you it's not a, 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 a first fruits with the right attitude. And Cain and Abel, they showed us what that is, right? There is warfare around first fruits. Don't look back. Oh, don't back up because you don't see the seed. I'm going to deal with that when it's done in a minute. Don't back up and say, let me, let me lower this number because I feel like I can do something better, right? Uh, the warfare, the warfare that's happening though is like we started. It's not over what the seed, the warfare is over what the seed will produce. So if the Lord can keep you from putting the seed in the ground, then he can slow or keep, keep from happening what he wants for you in your future. And if we listen to, to Apostle Harden, not your future is now. The warfare is over what is over your call and your purpose and your assignment. Have you asked ever asked the Lord, how much is enough for me to complete my CPA? Have you ever asked that question? It's a good financial question when you think about your life and what you're supposed to accomplish. How much is enough? How many thousands, hundreds, millions do you need? Do you actually need? Because first thing you say is, Lord, I need trillion. But do you really need trillion? To complete what God has asked for you to do, how much is enough? Think of that when you are thinking about what seed you are going to accomplish. Number two, in verse two it says, And Yahweh says to the Lord, Look! I am giving Jericho into your hand, its kings and its soldiers and its armies. I'm sorry. Verse 1 said that the city was shut down. Wasn't nobody coming in or out. But verse 2 says, look and see that I have given you the victory. I'm sorry. Did you see that? It said that the walls are shut down. The wa they, what did we say? There's, the, walls are not, the walls are too strong. We can do nothing. As far as Israel was concerned, they could not get into that city. There was no way they were going to win on their own. When they looked at the city, it was shut down. No one coming in and no one. They had to climb the wall just to do some, some uh, uh, recognizance. But, but God says, look at the shut upness of the, of the wall and see that I have already given you the victory. Did you see what happened there? Try to show it to you. Open your eyes. Turn to somebody, tap them on the shoulder, say, wake up. 
The warfare over the seed is the proof that God is giving you what you asked. Sometimes we, we punk out so. We, we, we just get a little bit of resistance and you're ready to quit. That's not the type of people that are bred, raised, born of this house. We don't give up that easy. In fact, we see a challenge and we eat that for breakfast. Something else for lunch. Number three, almost done. Verse three and four, and you will march around the city and the war is circling the city once and you will do this for six days. And on the seventh day, priests will bear seven trumpets of rams and horns and before the ark, and by the seventh day, you will march around the city seven times and the priest will blow on the trumpets. Right? Here's what I want you to see. Very simple. You ready? Are you ready? This is how, I'm trying to tell you how to get your first fruits now. Get your seed done. Are you ready? Thank you. Appreciate that. Follow the specific instructions God gives you. I know you was waiting on something that, that would be like, ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You should have said, ooh, yeah, it is. I was talking to uh, one of my homies, and, uh, and uh, she has this business, and, uh, and uh, she's really tired of it. She's pretty much, she really, she's good with doing a lot of things. She's really, kind of ready to move on, do something else. And, uh, and, and so during first fruit season, just so happened God starts blessing the business that she's sick of. Interesting about seeds, though, sometimes you got to do work in order to get that seed done. Because the Lord blesses you with more work so that you can get the seed in. He's giving you specific instructions. Maybe you need to eat, maybe you need to eat just, just vegetables for the month of March. I don't know. I don't know what the Lord's telling you to do because you spend a little bit less money on the groceries. I'm just saying, what, has the, what will the Lord say to you about what you need to do to get the seed in because he will be very specific. He told them on this, on Monday, you do this. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and on Saturday, I need you to do something else. You feel what I'm saying? He gave them very specific instructions as to what they should and should not do. He says, uh, uh, he says, stop, look, and listen. They had to stop at the gates, look and see the problem, and then listen for the answer. Some of y'all need to get, just get quiet with the person of Jesus Christ and let him talk to you. He'll show you exactly where it is. Number five, last thing, almost last. Verse 5, it says, uh, And when they blow long on the horns of the ram, and they hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shout, and a great, uh, shout a great war cry, and the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people will, will charge each one straight ahead. I thought it was interesting that the horns of the rams were supposed to lead this whole thing. And this is something that I don't know if we got this from Uncle Don, but... I know that I've heard him say it. 
And what he said was, or what, I've heard, what I have heard him say, is worship over the seed. There's something about worship while you, the attitude of worship that you're planting the seed that makes the seed a little bit more potent. You ever, have you ever heard of a bumper harvest? What, a bumper crop? Yeah, uh, have you ever heard of this? It's an interesting phenomenon where farmers sow seed in the same amount of land that they have, like the land doesn't grow, like it's the same land that has bore fruit you know, time and time again. But when there's a bumper crop and the farmer puts the seed into the ground, what it yields is ex an exponential seed. Like there's more heads on the buds or there's, there's, there's you, know, you know, the buds that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's an exponential. Now, the, the ground didn't grow, but the seed that was produced produced something that was exponentially greater than what was, point, than what was planted. I, I just believe in my, in my, in my, in my shanana, like my homeboy say, you know what I mean? That, that if you, when you worship over the seed, it can produce a bumper crop. See, Israel thought that, that Jericho was the promised land, or maybe not. But when Joshua looked over the land, he saw the 31 cities that was supposed to, 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 to win over, to conquer. It, we're, we, we're, we're focusing on the wrong thing. And that's why a seed must be given away. When we focus on it, we want to hold it close to your chest. You want to keep it to yourself. You're worried about not having it. But when we focus on what God wants to produce because of it, it should give you peace and worship to lay it before his feet and expect a bumper crop. One last thing that I, the Lord admonished me to remind you of, verse 18 and 19 of that same chapter. Skip down because basically what happened between 5 and 18 is Joshua did what the Lord said. But this is also what the Lord said in verse 18. He says, but as for you, only keep yourselves from the things designated for destruction. So that you do not covet them and take some of the designated things and turn the camp of Israel into something designated for destruction and bring dis disaster on it. But all the silver and the gold and the articles and the bronze and the irons are holy to the Lord and they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. What's interesting about this story is you can keep reading and you'll find out that AI, with his sticky fingers, Aiken, sorry, Aiken, thank you, appreciate you, with his sticky, sticky fingers, he done went and touched some of that stuff and buried it up under his tent. 
And when Joshua said, oh, if we can do all of this for Jericho with all of us, when we go after Ai, we only got to send a small regiment. And a small regiment got beat down because somebody in the camp had their stick of fingers. And this is why we start our service today with cleanse your life. Cleanse yourself. Because Metro, what we do, we must do together. We must do as a unit. So all of you who are on the fringes, you might want to jump in this water, people. Because God is getting ready to do some great things. But we all have the same standard of living. The same thing that God is requiring all of us. And this first fruit season is no different. Do the work over the seed. Remember, there's warfare over the seed. Remember that though their things may be shut down, that is proof that God is after it. And he can give you what you need to get into it, right? Remember, we got to follow specific instructions in order to get the seed planted. And when you plant it, don't just throw it at the Lord. That's so disrespectful. Don't just give it any old kind of way. But give it with a heart of worship. Because he's committed to your success. And also committed to walking with you into your success. When we take communion today, Commit to being, to doing what Jesus said before he died. He said, it is finished. And when we see Jesus on the cross, he himself is a first fruit. And your soul and the lives of your friends and your family are the benefits. They are the result of that seed going into the ground. You and I being alive in this season to kick tail and take names for the kingdom of God. Listen, you can't just do that just because you want to. Just because you say you're a believer. You got to live the life as well. Privately and, and publicly. In this first fruit season, give it with a heart of worship. Because you know what God is getting ready to do. Maybe that's a, the challenge. Is to remember what God wants to do. Hopefully that will give you the courage to release the seed. Amen? Amen. Amen.